Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 95 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And uh, today we're going to discuss a question that came in about the uh, a scenario in the urology coding course, and we want to kind of take you through it and and paint the picture and why uh, why we uh, want to discuss this and kind of how some of the things that we've done within PRS that that have helped with you know the issues that come up like this. So. I want to share that, and then and then we want to, uh, since the AUA is coming up uh, in, in May twelfth, and that's going to be next week as we're recording this. We want to take uh, just ask Ray a couple of uh, historical questions and take a take a little trip back for when he first saw the AUA and and kind of ask him kind of how it's changed, just more from a nostalgic. Uh, walk down memory lane so all right let's get started <clears throat> so Rhonda asks um, she said in the scenario uh, the cystectomy with continent diversion bilateral pelvic lymphadenectomy and prostatectomy I captured both the 55845 and the 51596 and I also looked at the possibility of the 5575 uh, then the 50825 and the 55840. Do I choose the 50825 along with the other codes because of the intestine anastomosis? I tend to overthink procedure coding. Am I overcoding? How do you all suggest that uh, when I get lost? How do you suggest I code when I get lost in the forest? Thank you. So first thing I want to do is read all the the description so that uh, those of you who are not by a computer and have not memorized all the procedures that uh, that you can kind of understand what this is uh, going to in the descriptions and then we'll uh, have Mark kind of break it down. All right, the 51596 is a cystectomy complete with continent diversion, any open technique using any segment of small and or large intestine to construct the neobladder. The 51575 is a cystectomy complete with bilateral pelvic lymphadenectomy, including external iliac, hypogastric, and obturator nodes. The 50825 is the continent diversion, including intestine anastomosis using any segment of small or and or large intestine. The 55845 is the prostatectomy retropubic radical with or without nerve sparing with bilateral pelvic lymphadectomy, including external iliac, hypogastric, and obturator nodes. And finally, the 55840 is the prostatectomy retropubic radical with or without nerve sparing. So that's... A lot to look at and a lot to think about. Mark, do you want to kind of break it down and what the what the question was and how how uh, Rhonda was looking at it and 
what's the the proper coding? Yeah, so I mean, this, all of this stuff goes back to the general concept in CPT that you are required to use the most comprehensive combination code um, to describe the procedure that is performed. Um, and But it's also about the understanding what's included in which code. And, and as many of you know, there are a number of different cystectomy codes, some that include nodes um, like the 51575 uh, and the 51595 that typically include the lymphadenectomy, that's the pelvic lymphadenectomy. Um, so um, when you're looking at all of these codes, um, you know, kind of like our stone codes where we ended up with the combined uh, lithotripsy and stent insertion, um, even though we have ways to break down the procedure into components, um, we are uh, required to use that most comprehensive code or that combination of comprehensive codes that best describes um, what you're doing. And so, you know, the, the 51596 um, doesn't actually specify the type of, um, of, of neobladder within the same detail um, that some of the other codes do. It's more of a uh, of a code um, that it, actually it's it's focused on the continent diversion. So if you've got a continent diversion versus a, a conduit, um, that's kind of the first pass that I would look for. I mean, you're going to have the cystectomy um, as your base code in these particular circumstances. Um, so you're going to need to look for an appropriate cystectomy code. And then if it's done in conjunction with some neobladder, which most are, um, then you need to look through those codes that are available that would also include the neobladder. Um, and that's kind of that starting point or that jumping off point that we always encourage you to look at. So what are the two kind of base codes that you're dealing with? Um, and is there a CPT code that combines the, the to those two? What type of neobladder and what and, and with the cystectomy? So once you get to those two pieces, um, you should have one of these 515 codes that provides that combination of services. Then the next step that you want to look for is um, whether or not the nodes were done and how many nodes were taken. Um, so, you know, a standard pelvic lymphadenectomy um, includes um, the, uh, the uh, let's see, I just make sure I get all these right. Um, so the pelvic lymphadenectomy includes the external iliac, the hypogastric, and the obturator nodes. So, and that's typically the lymphadenectomy that is bundled into your cystectomy with uh, neobladder codes. Um, so, 
that's you know that's kind of that first step that you want to look at. Do I have a cystectomy with the appropriate neobladder creation? And that's going to be my starting point. And then I'm going to look and see if nodes were taken, which nodes were taken. Is there a code that includes those first two plus the nodes that I that I took? Um, so if I start there um, and then I move to, OK, um, I don't have with the 51596, right? The 51596 does not include the nodes. So do I have another 515 code that has a continent diversion um, with nodes? Um, so that's the kind of the next question you would run to, because uh, in this case, we had a continent diversion. And we, we do the 51595 um, includes that ileal conduit or sigmoid bladder um, but the nine six or with the nodes, but the nine six, which is the continent diversion, does not include the nodes, and no, nor is there another code in that series that says continent diversion with nodes. So now you've got to figure out what other things were being done that were major in the process. Um, and in this case, we had. Um, a prostate with nodes as well. Um, so when you look at that particular combination of the complete prostatectomy with pelvic nodes, we now have two combined codes that summarize what we did. So that's why we'd be looking at a 51596 and a 55845, as opposed to if we'd done a ileal conduit, um, which does have the bilateral pelvic lymphadenectomy, then we'd be looking at the 51595 because that includes the cystectomy, the neobladder, and the nodes, and the prostatectomy would then drop into the 55840, which is the, the prostatectomy without nodes because you've already combined the nodes in with that base procedure of cystectomy. So that primary procedure code, which is usually your highest valued code, you want to use the most comprehensive and descriptive of services. Um, so even if there are ways to break it down, um, you want to stick with that most comprehensive code. Um, so that's the that's the really the the thing I would say to the coders is you have to choose the most comprehensive code when you're looking at your base or your primary procedure and then go for the next most comprehensive code for anything else that you're doing instead of <clears throat> saying well I could I should just charge the cystectomy and the continent diversion separately and then choose the prostatectomy with nodes. Um, so you've always got to use the most comprehensive. In this case, it would be the 51596 and the 55845. Those are the, the starting points or the jumping off points. Now, the other thing that you do want to consider with the cystectomy is looking carefully at what nodes were taken. Um, so when you look 
at the the pelvic lymphadenectomy, um, which is what is typically included with cystectomy codes. Um, that includes, again, the, the external iliac, the hypogastric, and the obturator nodes. Um, if, however, you're seeing that they're taking the pelvic nodes and the aortic and renal nodes, we don't have a retroperitoneal node lymphadenectomy bundled into the actual cystectomy. Um, so in this particular case, um, we don't have a good way to separate out the pelvic nodes from the full retroperitoneal node dissection um, in those circumstances. So now you have to go back and pivot to dealing with the cystectomy code and the prostatectomy code without nodes because you're going to now have to build a separate code for the nodes. And that node code, um, or that lymphadenectomy node code, <laughs> it's too, too many odes in there, um, actually um, is bundled in or, or is part of the, the code you're going to need to use to capture the services related to the retroperitoneal um, lymphadenectomy. So now you're going to drop back to the 51596, the 585840, and then add the 38780 for the retroperitoneal nodes. Um, and you've ended up splitting those up, but that is only because your base codes in either case did not have the full node dissection. So as a coder looking at this, you want to make sure that you are um, identifying all of the nodes, looking for all of the inclusion codes to see if there is something that can be used to report everything in the least number of codes. Um, so that's kind of that starting point. And then from the physician side, your documentation needs to clearly reflect um, everything that was done, all the nodes you did, all of the, the, the removals and the repairs that you did um, in that operative note so you can guide your coders. Um, so it's, you know, understanding from the coder's side of the equation that requirement that you have to use the most combined codes is kind of that base set from the from the coder standpoint and understanding that the detail communicated in the operative note has to guide the, the coder in the code selection um, or the code review if you're doing your own coding um, that's the part for the physician to make sure that they are providing enough detail um, in their report to actually lead the coder to the right procedure. Um, and then the other thing we found in training a lot of our folks um, is uh, taking a look at how a procedure is performed is very helpful. Um, there are a number of videos of procedures that are out there, um, but I can also tell you that as our coders went through some of this as we were training people, it's it's not as obvious to a, uh, somebody who hasn't seen a surgery when you're watching a video as to what's 
going on and what the anatomy is um, that's in there. So you can't be afraid to ask your physicians um, for a little bit more detail on what procedure is being done and to explain to you what that procedure is. Um, if you're getting lost in those coding rules for something that's done time and time again. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not as black and white or as easy as I think everybody wants it to be. Um, there are some nuances that are out there, um, but it is important and there are ways to tease out that information by drilling through the opted node and looking for the details. Agreed. The, you know, the couple of things that I want to pull out there that you said is, you know, there's clues provided by the RVUs. You know, that's that's a clue of what what may be a more comprehensive procedure. And then also I wanted to say, you know, and as Ray and I were discussing this, you know, I I kind of looked at it as, you know, with, you know, from a coder's perspective, you see a lot of words on the page that you're trying to match up with codes. But from a, a a physician standpoint or provider standpoint, you know, when they're looking at things, they see the actual surgery or they can see it in their, you know, just visualize what's going on, whereas a coder may not have that visualization. So it's it's kind of two two different ways of approaching the coding. And uh, I, I thought that was an interesting distinction on how you approach those. And, and certainly having, uh, you know, some sort of understanding of what the procedure actually looks like and looking at a YouTube video or whatever your videos are uh, does definitely help, you know, just so you can kind of get that feel for what it looks like. And having a good description of that from the physician is, or from the provider is, is awesome, you know, from a coding perspective. Yeah. I, that's the other thing we didn't mention is, you know, our, our audit team and our coding team does a lot of discussion amongst themselves. So that's the other part is if you get kind of stuck in that area um, and you find yourself chasing rabbits, um, don't be afraid to collaborate. Because um, as I mentioned in there, it's not all as black and white as everybody would like to have it. And I think there's a lot of coders that we've run into um, that would like me to tell them 100% of the time, this is what you do. Um, and that is not the case. It is, you know, even though we have all these rules and these audits and everything that's there, there are some times where you need to make a call in what's close as to which direction you need to go. So don't be afraid to collaborate. And if you don't have that internally, or even if you do, you know, that's where the forum um, for PRS is a good place to put those in and get some discussions going um, relative to that. So don't be afraid to put it out there. I mean, you're probably not the only one with that question. And the reality is that's, you know, it's not all black and white. So you may be able to get two or three different opinions in that that process. And, and eventually you do have to pivot and make a call even though it's not 100% one way or the other, you just got to go with the best available. Ray, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, three points. <clears throat> one is just emphasizing exactly what Mark has already told you. 
that when you have an option to do combined codes uh, or when you have procedures that are included in combined codes, I should say, you have to use it. But in this case, the thing that confused the coder was that you have you could either do a cystectomy with the continent diversion as a combined code, or you could do a cystectomy with the nodes as combined codes, but you couldn't do both. Well, in this case, you should use the cystectomy with the continent diversion because those two procedures kind of go hand in glove. You can't or shouldn't do a cystectomy without some kind of diversion. So Mark made that point very clear. The second confusion is the continent diversion in the 51596 did not mention that it included the intestinal anastomosis. But the individual continent diversion code did. And I think we should always assume the combined codes, even though it may have shortened the definition, includes everything that's in the individual codes that it represents. And last but not least, Mark mentioned cooperating with everybody. And we just want to remind you, if your cooperation doesn't smell right, keep fishing because there are a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of misconceptions. So keep digging until you get it right. All right. Good points and thanks for the cleanup. I forgot <laughs> to mention the, the, the anastomosis piece. <laughs> well, you covered a lot else that was even more important. That's good. All right. Well, we'll let that... Uh, We'll let that sink in and we'll move on to our next topic. And we wanted to say, uh, you know, since it's our first time back to the AUA annual meeting in New Orleans, live in person for a couple of years, we wanted to go just take a little trip down memory lane and ask Ray a couple questions about kind of the early years of the AUA annual meeting and, and how it's kind of evolved. What's just your perspective on that? Well, you're right, Scott. We're looking forward to going back, seeing friends and uh, renewing old acquaintances and talking about some of the good old days and finding out kind of what's new. But I can look back at the old days, and when we talk about old days, why, you know, my first AUA was when I was in my residency. And uh, even though I took a, I had to take a, uh, prop jet from Hawaii uh, and over the ocean and catch a hop on into Washington, D.C. for my first AUA, I can tell you it was eye-opening and it was fun. But back in those days, the pharmaceutical companies put on huge parties I mean, you wound up going to two or three parties every night, and it was tough to stay uh, uh, alert for all the, the, the clinical stuff you wanted to soak in, but it was fun. The AUAs were, were really a lot of fun, a lot of cooperation back in those days. Yeah, it's, uh, 
definitely an evolution in the in how the meetings are put on. I bet I bet it's a lot bigger. Too. I mean, like a lot more extravagant now too. It's bigger clinically now than it was then, but uh, as far as the social, it was much much bigger back then. Interesting. Yeah. I gotta I gotta tell. I'll jump in with a memory. My first AUA was back in the '70s in San Francisco, um, and they, I went there as a kid. And uh, you may recall there were two things that I remember. Because, well, number one, back then you could actually wander the floor um, at under 21. Now you can't. Um, kids can't get into the Bay UA, but we could. It was, it was quite the amazing sight wandering around there. But the, what I really remember is that one, we found Pong for the first time, and and spent <laughs> several several tens of dollars playing Pong at a quarter a game. Um, <laughs> But the other one was, that was the year they had the streaker um, <laughs> that streaked across the stage during one of the uh, during one of the presentations. So <laughs> it's gotten a little more conservative over the years. But uh, yeah, there's been several things that have come out of AUAs over time. Like the first time Alprostadil was introduced with the guy who injected himself during his program and then showed the erection afterwards and all sorts of stuff so there was there have been quite a few things that have come out of the AUA with new things which have been fun over the years but it is good to I'm glad we're going back to see everybody yeah Mark I'd forgotten about the pong but it was at our hotel and you and I got into a lot of trouble with your mom as we were (laughs) sitting there playing pong yeah (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully we'll see everybody uh, down there that uh, or not everybody, but hopefully we'll see a lot of you down there. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time in New Orleans and reconnecting and and seeing everybody again. Uh, Final thoughts on the episode, Mark? Yeah, you know, it's it's always fun to get into the discussions as with some people that you know, actually, and this happens to, I think, all of us in coding is, you know, you, you go back and, and re-question yourself, something you might be de- done, done for years on the, and you just kind of, it's automatic. And then so one day you're like, wait, could I do this differently? And then all of a sudden you're chasing all these threads that you've pulled all over the place. So, um, you know, that it's a good thing to do, but it also will 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 drive you mad sometimes so sometimes when you get down into those rabbit holes step back go for the go from the top back in and um and and again don't be afraid to put that out there in the discussion side because i know everybody does it right (laughs) well mark that brings back a memory that uh also back in the earlier days one was just charging cystectomies and lymph node dissections when we did radical prostatectomies, cystectomies. And all of a sudden it hit me one day that, wait a minute, we're doing a prostatectomy and that's not included. So I took it to the coding committee and, and they were a number of professors that 
thought I was trying to game the system by starting to uh, charge a prostatectomy, but finally it was accepted by everybody. Very good. All right. Well, we'll end this episode here and uh, see you all down in the New Orleans or see those that are going to be there. Hopefully. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery.